Welcome to Navigating the Modern World, a place to gain skills or new ways of thinking, coping, or approaching the areas of life that you may feel stuck, stagnant, fearful, or challenged. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Navigating the Modern World. I am Kimberly Johnson. I am your host. I am a mindset shifter. I am a peace warrior and I am a sex advocate. I do life coaching and sex coaching in Denver, Colorado. You can find more information about my work at KimberlyCoaching.com. So What I've decided for today's episode is that when there is a day in your life when things come up multiple times with different people, it's time to sit with it and look at it. And today, suicide has come up more than once with different people. So I wanted to share my story. Um, A lot of people ask me, like, how did I get to where I am today. And the truth is, is that I am who I am because of a really intense struggle with depression. So when I was about 15, I experienced my first breakup. And that breakup sent and triggered me into this thought of like, I am not good enough. And that thought about destroyed me. So I'm 15. I get broken up with. I get left for another girl in my school by this guy that I loved. And I begin believing and playing out this story that I'm not good enough and my life is pointless and no one will ever love me. So what the hell am I doing alive? And the thought played over and over and over again. And it did for years. And there were times and in those years from probably about 15 to 22, 23, um, when suicide felt like the only option. And I didn't know how to make it better. The thoughts of my life being meaningless became so overwhelming that I literally was like, why am I wasting air on this earth? And there are two times in particular, one when I was younger, I'm trying to remember how old I was. I don't remember, but I was so deep in a depression. And I went over to my friend's house and she actually called a suicide hotline and had me talk to somebody because it was so bad. And the last time that I really remember contemplating suicide, 
I had just moved to Massachusetts with my husband at the time. And I didn't have a job. I had been binge eating. I was like binge eating everything sugar. I would make cookie dough and I would literally eat the whole entire like batch of cookie dough, raw cookie dough. And I would be so sick to my stomach and so physically sick from just eating that way. And I had no friends. And at that time, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was young and I was married and I didn't know how to cope. I had no coping skills. And I just, I was laying in bed and I remember I literally pretty much didn't get out of bed. Like I had a few months where I didn't get out of bed for days, weeks. And I remember thinking, um, I'm going to commit suicide. Like I genuinely do not see another answer. And I remember just crying and laying there thinking, if this is how life is going to feel, then I would rather die. And I remember in that moment, I had a Bible that my grandmother had given me and I opened the Bible and there was, it was like a verse. I don't even remember what verse it is. It was a verse about working. And, um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause I didn't have a job at the time too. We had just moved there and I was like, okay, like maybe I'm supposed to just get out of this apartment. Like maybe something like that would help. And I remember just laying there, like thinking about, okay, maybe if I got a job, you know, like maybe something will change. And I just remember saying like, closing my eyes and just beginning to pray, like, like God, spirit, universe, mother earth, whoever, whoever I'm praying to, please, like you have to show me a different way or I'm going to end my life. There has to be a different way. There has to be a different way. And I remember just pleading with so much like water rushing down my face, like pleading, knowing that something either had to change or it was going to be the end. Like I couldn't continue living the way I was living. And so I got online and I ended up finding a job and through like a huge series of events, um, meeting amazing people, like complete godsend people, um, shamans, uh, random people, I literally, my everything began to shift. And when I got on Craigslist, I actually, I, I got on Craigslist that same day and I was like, okay, just get on and see if, you know, you can find a freaking job, see if you can get out of this apartment. Like maybe that will be the sh- beginning of a shift for you, you know? And um, so I get online and I see this uh, this posting on Craigslist and it's like looking for, you know, um, some sort of like alternative adult to watch my child, somebody who doesn't watch TV, someone who um, is creative and active and like all of these descriptive words. And I was like, oh, well, that kind of fits me. And I've never watched kids before really, but maybe I could do that. And so I just responded because it was like intriguing and it was different. It wasn't like all the normal jobs. It was like this very interesting post. And so I posted, I responded and um, got a call that night. We like had this interaction. I got a call and she asked me to come for an interview the next day. So I went and I interviewed, she hired me on the spot. So I started watching her little daughter. And about a week in, I knew, like, 
crap, this is not actually what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm, I love kids, but I cannot watch children. And, um, so I chose to just be honest with her. So I, and I had, I had some lifted spirits at that time, like getting out of the home and being around a child was quite therapeutic and being around, um, the woman as well. She was, she is quite a healer. And, um, if you ever listen to this, I hope you are, you know who you are. Um, anyway, so I, I just was decided like, I better be honest. And, um, so I just told her, I said, I love you and I love your family and I'm not meant to watch children. And, um, I remember her saying like, okay, you know, we'll keep in touch and that's totally fine. I so get it. And so I left and then, um, a few weeks later she emailed me and it struck me like, Oh, this woman. And I remember I was feeling down again and she emailed me and it struck me like, Oh, this woman has kept her word to me. She said she would stay in touch and she genuinely means it. And she was inviting me over for dinner. And I remember I wrote her back and I just said, thank you so much for keeping your word. Thank you for honoring your word because it's really nice to hear from you. And, um, anyways, I ended up going to her house and then in that interaction, she asked me if I needed a job and that she would like to maybe hire me in her business. And at that time I didn't know, I didn't really know what she did. Um, but she was like, here's the website to my business. Just get online and see what you think. And they were looking for like an admin person. And um, so I got on their Facebook or on their website. And one of the first things that their website said in kind of big, bold letters was, you are enough. And for people that know me, I have that now tattooed on my body. Um, And I saw it. And in that moment, I knew this was the first step to really changing my life. So I said yes. And fast forward now, um, years later, I am a life coach and I have owned a practice for five, six years. And, um, and I literally do not experience depression anymore. I literally do not experience, um, well, the level of depression, I will say I have moments in my life when I feel depressed feelings, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, you know, I might have thoughts of like, why am I here? What am I doing? Questioning myself, but not ever to the extent that I used to. And in my thoughts now, there is a deep knowing that I would actually, that my life is worthy and I am worthy to be living and I'm here for a reason. And I want to speak to this. So that's my story, but I want to like talk about kind of how I got there, how I got from where I was to where I am now. And the truth is, is that suffering is of the mind. So what happens is we get these patterns and thoughts of pattern or patterns of thought that enter into our mind space for protection. So something happened to me when I was younger that made me feel like I was a bad person and I wasn't good enough. And then as a slightly older person, it was re-triggered by this breakup. 
And it manifested very, very deeply in my mind that I literally wasn't enough, that I wasn't good enough, blah, 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 like over and over. And it just replayed for years and years and years of my life in the outer world. What the outer world does is when we have a belief system about something or ourselves, the outer world literally just mirrors that belief system to strengthen it. So if you believe you're not good enough, you better believe that in the outer world, you will see examples of how you are not good enough. Maybe you fail at something. Um, maybe somebody breaks up with you. Maybe you go on a first date and they don't show up. Um, maybe somebody calls you a name at work. Like the outer world will, like its job is to prove your belief systems, to strengthen them. And in the outer world, we get a lot of examples of how our belief systems aren't true. But those don't resonate because they're not beliefs. They're not deep enough into our, like into our mind and into our thought system that we like, we, we get lots of affirmation that we're also good enough, but because that's not the belief it, like we can't see it. We only see, we only perceive out in the outer world, what we believe to be true. So for suicide and for depression, it's, or anxiety through all of these like massive emotional, um, experiences it is of the mind. And what so helped me get from where I was to where I am now is to hire people that understood the mind and could help me with mindfulness work. So help me understand that I actually do not have to believe my thoughts and that my thoughts aren't actually true about me. What's true about all of us is that we are so much more profound than we could even fathom. The fact that everything that had to happen to culminate, to bring us to this place on this earth is so profound, we literally cannot even fathom it. So little belief systems about that we're not good enough or we're small, they come in and of course they take over because we actually can't fathom the truth. So, you know, I hired somebody that understood the mind because I understood I had, so I had, um, two experiences that were profound when I was really transitioning from my extreme depression state to like, um, gaining new perspective. You know, I call myself a mindset shifter because it is our mindset. It is our mind that creates suffering. So if you can shift your mind, you can shift everything. And so I had two profound experiences that began shifting my mind. And one was a woman, a shaman woman told me to find my feet. Where are your feet? That is also tattooed on my body. Where are your feet? She said, she said, when you find your feet, you will get out of your mind and you will realize everywhere that your feet are, you are okay. Where are your feet? Where are your feet? Drop out of your head into your body and find your feet. That's what she kept saying. Find your feet. Where are your feet? And I would go, I would like start going on these tangents about how depressed I was or what, how this thing was happening to me and blah, 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 like spewing the mind thoughts. And she would just look at me very, very calmly and say, where are your feet? Where are your feet? The second profound thing that happened to me is a mentor later on in leadership school, I ended up going to a leadership school, this um, company I started working for, the You Are Enough company uh, that I, from the woman I met on Craigslist, um, they sent me to leadership school. And the gentleman who became my mentor in leadership school, he said to me, I remember I went up to the mic one night during a session and I was talking about my depression. 
And he literally just looked at me and he said, he said, the only issue is that you have created an identity around your depression. You think you are a depressed person. And if you hold that belief, like I said earlier, the outer world will only mirror that belief. So of course, everything makes it seem like you are a depressed person because you believe that that is who you are. But he said who you are is way more profound than you could fathom. And he said, what is actually happening is you are at times and moments of life experiencing depressed feelings and emotion. He said, but you are not your feelings, your emotions, or your thoughts. You can't be because they are constantly changing. You are not always depressed 100% of the time, every single day, every single night. He said, that shifts. Sometimes you're extremely depressed. Other times you have joyful moments. You see a family member you love, you're happy. You see a friend, you're happy. You have a thought that's happy, you're happy. And then you also experience sad thoughts, you're depressed. Something goes wrong, you're depressed. He said, you cannot be your feelings, your emotions, or your thoughts Because they are constantly changing. They are never the same. Who you are could never change. So instead of identifying that you are a depressed person or an anxious person or a person with cancer or a person with an STD, a person with herpes or AIDS, instead of identifying that that is who you are, You can understand that at moments you have feelings or emotions of depressed feelings or emotions, or you have anxious feelings and emotions that arise. But that is not who you are. And I began, at first I remember him saying this and I didn't quite get it. I was kind of like, okay. And then I began sitting with it and thinking about it. Okay, I'm just experiencing a depressed emotion. This too will change. If all of my feelings, emotions, and thoughts change, then this too will change. It is not who I am. This too will change. And it just became this like thing. I kept saying it over and over and over again. And I kept finding my feet. Where are my feet? Where are my feet? Where are my feet? And my life profoundly began to change. The other thing that I began doing is, like I said earlier in my story, I began praying. I didn't know who I was praying to. I didn't know what I was praying to. I just began praying because I knew this was bigger than me. I didn't understand how to get out of it. And since I didn't understand how I, how I could get out of it, I just began to ask for help. Show me the way. Show me how that, it's like, show me something can be different. Show me what to do. I just began asking, 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 finding my feet, realizing my feelings of depression would change, finding my feet again, asking again. And I knew because I actually had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that I wanted to live, even though back years before, I didn't think I was worthy and I didn't think I knew how to like continue living. But slowly, these things began to shift. And I want to just say that, like, it took some years 
it took some years in, in moments, finding my feet would give me relief in moments, um, understanding that my feelings of depression would change in moments. Those things definitely helped and asking helped yet. It took years. And I want to say that we are in no timeline. We think that we live in this linear time path of like, um, a hundred years. Let's say if somebody lives a hundred years, then it's like you're born and then a hundred years and then it's over. And I want to just say, this is an eternal journey. This is an eternal journey. There is no 100 years. 100 years in this eternity, in this eternal journey is nothing. It's like a dot. And we are here to learn. And I will say that like the things that have challenged me the most, my, um, my depression, my thoughts of suicide, me having herpes, me being left by my husband, like getting divorced, um, all of the things that have been most challenging and most painful have also changed my life so significantly and have brought me the most joy and peace and freedom. There are always two ways of looking at things. We can look at them as an obstacle or an opportunity. And every single thing that comes to you in this life is an opportunity to find spirit, to find truth, to find God, to find yourself, to know and love yourself so intensely. Like anyone who is struggling with suicide, my guess is that it is spirit's way of saying, fall in love with yourself. Make that your mission because at this point, if you're thinking about suicide, you have nothing to lose. Try something else. Try loving yourself. Try having compassion for yourself. Try studying the mind and understanding how your mind works. Understand that like your suffering is in your mind. Try something new. And I want to suggest some books too. There are some really great books out there. Uh, When I was struggling the most with depression, I started reading Eckhart Tolle. He has a book called The Power of Now. He also has a book called A New Earth. Those books were so profound for me. I also started studying Byron Katie. Uh, She has, I don't remember the name of her book right off the top of my head, uh, but she has a, she has a program that's called The Work. And her book that I have actually is called Your Inner Awakening. Amazing, amazing book. Um, there's also a book called love yourself like your life depends on it. And that book has a lot of great practices on how to even begin the journey to self-love. And I will, I'll just give one of the practices that was most profound to me is setting an alarm for yourself every few hours, putting it in your phone and literally what the alarm says and what it reminds you. And it's just a question. And the question is, If I truly loved myself, what would I do right in this moment? If I truly loved myself, what would I do in this moment? And that question was super profound for me. Also, I began sitting in meditation where literally I just would repeat over and over again, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And you can tell there's a difference. So there's a difference in saying, I love myself. 
I love myself. I love myself. And saying, I love myself. Saying it with emotion. Saying it as if your life did depend on it. Saying it as if you really want to believe it because you know that your purpose in life and your whole entire life and your journey and your path literally depends on you falling madly deeply in love with yourself. And I wanted to share this and I wanted to make this available and begin this conversation because most people don't understand how other people suffer. A lot of people didn't even like, even when I was younger, they had no idea I struggled with depression. I was really good at hiding it. And when I stopped being good at hiding it, it's because it got so bad that I had no other option but to tell somebody because I was so miserable. So we have no idea what other people are going through. And if somebody has said something to you about suicide or you know somebody struggles with depression, please pass this podcast on. My prayer is that my story helps somebody. Because I know what it feels like to feel helpless. I know what it feels like to feel like I have no purpose. And I want to just say that like with a little bit of like seeking and a little bit of practicing, like you can find the truth. And just like when you're in severe depression or you're in anxiety, you are practicing repeating the thoughts that are creating that anxiety or that depression. So you're, you're just practicing repeating to yourself, you're not good enough, or I failed at this, or I suck at this, or I'm ugly, or like all of the things. You're just practicing that. You're just practicing repeating that. Same as the practices I've said, you could try on practicing something new. Sometimes change just starts with words. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes change just starts with words. You may not believe it at first, yet repeating it begins changing your brain patterning. Try it. You have nothing to lose. And if you know someone that needs support, please have them reach out to me. You can email me at KimberlyEliseJohnson at gmail.com. You can also find me on KimberlyCoaching.com. There's like a submit form where you can contact me. Um, You can find me on my blog, oneyearalone.com. You are not alone and you do not have to suffer alone. Hire someone. Try something new. Listen to this podcast and repeat. Buy the books. Do something else. Drop out of your mind and drop into your feet. You are amazing and I love you. And until next time.